Welcome to the Born to be a Badass podcast, the show that tackles the subject of women and violence head on and shines the light of what women need to know and do to be safe. Here's your host, fourth degree black belt and self-protection expert, Cynthia Gillicourt. Welcome to the Born to be a Badass podcast. I'm your host, Cynthia Jolicoeur. In today's episode, I'm going to bring two different topics to discuss. The first one is safety tips for ride sharing. And the second one is about an if I go missing folder and why you might want to put one together. I'm a relative newcomer to the world of ride sharing I got my first car when I was 16 years old and pretty much have driven myself everywhere I needed to go. And whenever I've traveled, I've usually used taxis. But a couple of years ago, I tried using an Uber just to get from my hotel to a CrossFit box in Las Vegas. And I discovered it was actually pretty easy. It was less expensive and just as convenient as taking a taxi. So I started using Uber. I have not actually use Lyft myself, but I have talked to people who use both and I have friends who have driven for both. After my first experience taking an Uber, I started hearing stories about women being kidnapped, assaulted, robbed, and raped by Uber drivers. And then there was an investigation by CNN in 2018 that found that over a hundred Uber drivers and nearly 20 Lyft drivers have been accused of sexual assault in the last four years. So I really started to think about safety issues for people who use ride shares on a regular basis. And I learned that all four of my children have used ride sharing services either for themselves or to help get friends home after a night out. I learned about an experience that my daughter Charlotte had with one of her rides as well as dangers that my younger daughter Katie has noticed as patrons of the club where she works try to get home at closing time. You can hear those stories in episode 9. So I decided to dedicate the first half of this episode to what you can do to increase your safety if you use a ride-sharing service. The second half of this episode focuses on what the If I Go Missing folder is and why you might want to put one of them together for yourself and possibly for your children. So let's dive into the issues of ride sharing. The very first thing is that if you have used one of the apps to request a ride, you need to find a safe place to be while you wait for your ride to arrive. So you need to plan ahead. Don't wait till the last minute to request your ride. If you can, request your ride while you are still indoors so that you don't have to linger outside because if you are hanging around on a pavement or outside a business that has already closed, you might be a really good target for attack. So plan ahead and find a good place to wait. When you request your ride, you have the opportunity to look at the rating of the driver that is being suggested for you. And you can make a decision to accept or decline that particular ride based on that driver's rating. So make sure that that driver has a good rating and has given a lot of rides. If you are assigned a driver who has a rating that is not so good or who seems to have not a lot of experience, then I would suggest that you cancel that ride and request another driver. 
when your ride arrives, you need to make sure that the car and driver in your reservation are actually the ones who have arrived to pick you up. So step number one is to match the license plate number on the card with what was given in your app. You also need to match the make and model of the car and to check the driver's photo. Ask your driver, what's my name? Because they should know your name. Don't just offer it up. Make sure that the driver tells you the name of the passenger that they are picking up rather than first offering their own name as confirmation. Document your driver and car. You can take a picture, if you have your cell phone and it has a camera, you can take a picture of the car and the license plate, and you can send that to friends or to a family member before your ride begins. When you get in, sit in the back seat. Don't sit in the front. You can track your trip. You can follow along with the trip in real time in your app, and you can take note of the direction and the route that you are actually traveling. Especially if you're in an area that you're pretty familiar with, you will know whether or not the route that you're taking is a reasonable one. Now, here's something that is relatively new. It's been an added feature for both Uber and Lyft. You can actually share your trip information. So with Uber, there is a share my trip function. And with Lyft, there is something called Send ETA. Both of those allow you to share your trip with contacts that you designate. Inside Uber, you can actually manage trusted contacts to designate up to five people with whom you want to share your ride information. And Uber will actually remind you to share that information during your ride. Using that function, those people, whether it's friends or family members, can actually watch your trip in real time and they'll know the name of your driver as well as that vehicle information. With Lyft, you can also send a photo of the driver, the vehicle color, make and model, and the license plate number of the car, and your friend can track your journey in real time. I think that's a great feature for both of them to offer. There are now some additional emergency services that are features within the apps. Uber allows direct calling to an emergency service, 911, from inside the Uber app. If you swipe up to see the safety toolkit, the 911 panic button is right there. When you push that button, you are giving the police your location details, as well as all the details about the car. Lyft also has a critical response line inside the app for any rider who is worried about something going on in their ride. They suggest that if there's an emergency that you call 911 and then reach out to their critical response line. So both of those features within each of those ride-sharing companies' apps I think are very useful, and unfortunately they've come about because of the incidents that have happened. But it's nice to know that there's actually a way within the app that you can call for emergency help if you need it. I suggest that you purchase an all-in-one safety tool to carry with you at all times when you are taking rides like this, because those all-in-one safety tools actually combine several useful functions. You can break a window if you need to. 
You can cut a seatbelt. There's an alarm, and usually there's a flashlight. So carry one of those all-in-one safety tools with you. And in addition to the all-in-one safety tool, I would suggest that if you have one, you carry along with you some sort of self-defense tool or implement, such as a stun gun or pepper spray or a striking tool like a kubaton. If you don't have any of those, I'm sure you probably have something that you could employ as an improvised weapon if you absolutely had to. So whether that's a flashlight or a pen, even a tactical pen, something else that you can use if you need a weapon. And of course, don't forget that you have your natural human weapon tools to use too, but you may want to supplement those with some sort of a self-defense tool as well. When you are going to arrange a ride, let a friend or a family member know where you're going, what your estimated time of arrival is going to be, and this is a very important part, confirm with them after you've arrived that you are safe. Close the loop and let them know. And finally, what I think is one of the most important aspects of using these services, if at any point you get a weird feeling, take action to get yourself safe. Call 911, use the in-app tools, call a friend or family member, cause a scene, be assertive or aggressive, and do whatever you need to do to get out and get away safely. Now, in episode nine, when my daughters were talking about their experiences with ride shares, one of the issues that they brought up was providing your address information to these ride services. The less information your driver has about where you live, the better. Obviously, you are going to have to provide an address so that they can take you home if that is the direction you are traveling in. But I would suggest that you consider providing an address that is slightly down the block or a little bit down the street, maybe not directly to your specific address, if that's a possibility. Conversely, if you are being picked up and taken somewhere from your house, for example, to the airport, you may not want to have them pick you up specifically at your driveway or your front door, because then they're going to know that not only is this where you live, but you're also going on a trip. And you could end up with other issues to deal with when you come back. So you don't want to provide any more information than you have to. And you want to protect your actual living address as best you can so that people cannot use that information and return to do something either to you or to the place where you live. So it's funny that in the 21st century, It has become very common for women to hop into cars with complete strangers where we've spent decades being told that hitchhiking is not safe and we should never get into a car with a stranger. Now we actually pay people that we don't know to take us places. And most of the time, you're going to be able to travel with absolutely no problems whatsoever. But it's always better to think through potential problems and be prepared than it is to have a situation happen and then wish that you had done something to improve your safety previously. So I hope that all of those tips about how you can use ride-sharing services and be safe, or at least as safe as possible, 
are things that you can take in and use and that you can get a little bit more comfortable with using them because there's absolutely nothing wrong with using those ride-sharing services. We just don't want to put ourselves in a more vulnerable situation than we absolutely have to. The most common complaint that I hear from women when I talk to them about personal safety is that they often feel unsafe and they really resent the need to be constantly vigilant. They don't know how to deal with uncomfortable situations and they believe that they are too small or too weak to defend themselves physically if they have to. What they're really after is the freedom to walk around and to feel safe and to have more confidence in their ability to get away if something happens. That is why I created the Born to be a Badass Prep School, a self-protection course that teaches you everything that you should have been taught about how to be safe in the world when you were growing up, but probably weren't. The Prep School is an online program where you will change your mindset and learn how to make the most of your innate abilities to protect yourself. You'll learn what to look for and how to recognize potential dangers, what to do in bad situations, and how to manage fear. You'll discover how to tap into your body's natural protective skills if you have to fight, and how to deal with the aftermath of an incident. Not only is this a virtual program that you can do from anywhere at any time, you get lifetime access to the content, access to my private support group, and a gift certificate to use towards one of my live hands-on training events that builds upon the prep school curriculum. So if you are ready to take your personal safety into your own hands and to develop self-confidence and be able to go where you want to go and do what you want to do with a sense of freedom, get yourself over to my website, cynthiajolacur.com slash prep school to learn more and to register for an upcoming session. As a listener to the Born to be a Badass podcast, you will save more than 60% on your enrollment by entering the code podcast when you register. So I want to move on from the topic of the ride sharing services and talk about something else, which is what is an if I go missing folder and why do I need one? Not many people like to think about worst case scenarios, but obviously I'm one of the people who likes to. And one of the things that I have often pondered is what would happen if I went missing? Have you ever thought about that? It's one of those things that's uncomfortable to contemplate and it's a lot easier to ignore than to prepare for. Now, if you were to run afoul of a predator or a criminal and not make it to safety, would your family, your friends, and even more importantly, the investigators, be able to easily gather the personal information about you that might help them find you? The odds are that there would be a significant amount of time lost in them trying to find helpful information And we do know that when a person goes missing, the initial 12 to 24 hours are absolutely critical. According to the FBI's most recent report, there are more than 85,000 missing persons investigations, 
currently being conducted just in the United States. Approximately 2,300 Americans are reported missing every day. Now, most of them are found, some completely harmlessly with absolutely nothing untoward having happened, and some found in situations where they have actually been assaulted and sometimes killed. Also, according to the National Missing and Unidentified Persons System, there are as many as 40,000 unidentified human remains that have been found in the United States. And those are people whose families and loved ones have never learned what happened. I don't want that to be me, and I don't want that to be you. So wouldn't it be great if there was actually a way to provide investigators with all the essential personal information they might be able to use to help to find you if you disappear? According to a county sheriff's office representative, if you have one centralized location where all of this information is kept, it keeps them from having to write search warrants to get court orders and trying to find someone who can give lawful consent to get access to that information. So it's a big deal if you can gather all this information in one place and make it easy for investigators to access it and use it. Thanks to a podcast that I like to listen to called the Crime Junkie Podcast, creating your own If I Go Missing folder has become a pretty popular idea. And they actually have a great template for gathering all that information. And I will include a link to that in the show notes for you. So let's talk about this folder and what should go into it. Well, we have to start with information about you as a person. So you want to have clear, recent photographs that show your face and your fingerprints. Now, this is also relevant if you want to create one of these for your child. Having clear pictures of your child and their fingerprints is very helpful, too. So keep that in the back of your mind if you are a parent and you have kids. Because being able to provide this information to investigators if your child goes missing will also facilitate that process. More personal information that you want to include is documentation or photographs of any identifying scars or tattoos or other physical characteristics that you may have. Pictures of the jewelry that you wear often or all the time. So for example, for me, that would most likely, well, would definitely include my brand new wedding ring and the ring that I have on my right hand, which was my sister's wedding ring. So photos of the jewelry that you wear. Then you're going to want to have information about people who are close to you, their names, the descriptions of your relationships with them. So that might be all of your coworkers or colleagues, people that you like to hang out with, not just randomly on a casual basis, but frequently and in a more intimate relationship. Contact information for your family members and for those close friends. If you have a job, then you're going to want to include information about that, about where the job is, how you get there and back, who you work with, who your supervisor is, all the relevant information about that. 
If there are places that you like to go on a regular basis, that might be like the local pub or a restaurant that you like to go out to once a week. For me, before I moved up into the hills, I had a pretty regular Starbucks that I used to go to on an almost daily basis. And, you know, everybody there knew me and I knew them pretty well. So names and addresses of the places that you go frequently. What are some of the other details that you might want to include? Well, most important are details about your online and personal technology. So login information, especially things for your cell phones and your bank and credit card companies, because those are things where investigators may actually be able to see activity happening after you've disappeared that will help them figure out what's going on online and personal technology login information. So account numbers, passwords, pins, and that type of thing. Passwords and login information for your social media, whether that's Facebook, Instagram, any of the other platforms, LinkedIn, Twitter, you want to have all of those recorded in this as well. You want to provide your bank account numbers So whichever banking institution it is and your account information, again, that can be used to see what activity is going on if there are people using your ATM card to make withdrawals, for example. You need to document your dental and other medical records. Have a copy of your driver's license. Information about your vehicles, the license plate, the vehicle identification number, Photos of the car that you drive or the vehicle that you drive. Your cell phone and laptop serial numbers. And you may also want to include in this handwriting samples. So you can see that this is a pretty comprehensive list of items of information that you can collect all in one place that may be helpful for investigators who are trying to find you. Now, there's just one caveat here, which is that this is obviously very sensitive information. And if it's stolen, it could be used for identity theft or financial theft. So you don't want it to be accessible to anybody other than a select one or two trusted people. I would not recommend keeping this information online. It's very difficult, if not impossible, to guarantee that online files won't be compromised. And we've all heard of massive security breaches over the last few years. So this is really sensitive information and I would not put it online. What you're going to want to do is you're going to want to keep it in a physical form, either an actual hard copy printout, set of pages in a folder or in a thumb drive. And you're going to want to put that in a very safe place that is secure, locked, Only let those one or two trusted people know where it is and how to gain access to it. If you've created it in something like Microsoft Word, put it on a thumb drive and then delete it off your desktop or your laptop machine just to be safe. Then put a note on your refrigerator or another noticeable place and tell the people that you have designated as your trusted contacts that you are designating them and tell them how to find this information. So if you are putting it inside a safe, 
tell them I'm putting it inside the safe that is in my living room behind the photograph of the ocean and make sure that they know what the combination is to get into that safe. Once you've let those people know that they are your designated go-to people if you go missing and that you want them to get that information and provide it to the authorities immediately, then I think you're pretty much covered. You may want to do something like sticking a note on your refrigerator or a bulletin board or another noticeable place that says, in case of emergency, contact person number one or person number two to access my if I go missing folder and make sure that you put their contact info there. So that's it on what the if I go missing folder is and what it should contain and how you should manage that. And as I said, there is a great template that will allow you to capture all of this information. And this template was created by the Crime Junkie podcast. And there will be a link to that download in the show notes so that you can grab one of those and use it to create your own repository of information. And as with all of the work that I do in the self-defense realm, I hope that this is information that is useful. And I also hope that it's something that you never, ever, ever have to use. But better to be prepared than not to be prepared. So that's what I've got for you today. I'd love to hear from you if you have any other suggestions on how you can be safe when you're using ride shares and practices that you've created to improve your safety when you do that. And also if there is any other insights or ideas that you have about what you might want to include in your If I Go Missing folder, I'd love to hear those too. So send me a note. And as always, stay safe and be a badass. You've been listening to the Born to be a Badass podcast. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode and be sure to share it with your friends. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and a review. Tune in regularly for more exciting insights and wisdom on women, violence, and safety. And until next time, embrace your inner badass.